We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. Today, I am joined by my dear friend here in the studio, Craig Goldberg is in the house. I'm excited. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. We're going to do the breakdown of Burning Man. We're going to break down what Mm. Burning Man is. Craig is a long-term, long-time burner, and he's a local favorite friend of mine, but he's also one of the integral parts of what really encouraged me to take the plunge and say yes to this experience. One of my favorite stories of this year's Burning Man, by the way. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll start there. We'll maybe. start there. Sure. Because if I had not gotten a phone call from Greg about, mm, let's say, six days before Burning Man was like maybe maximum a week, I'm sitting in the salon and Craig calls me at like 10 a.m. and he's like, so you're going to go to Burning Man? No, no, no. You sent me a text, actually. <laughs> uh, just because that's what I'm pulling up. So August 20th, okay, I get a text. Craig, are you going to Burning Man this year? Mm. And I said, Tori, not this year. We're talking. Uh, we're, we're basically, I'm getting settled in my new home. And you basically said, oh, that's great. I was really hoping to, but it feels too last minute. Things yeah. haven't come together. And as soon as I read that, I was like, no way. Yep. There is no such thing as two last minute and you need to be downloaded into the ways of the burn. Right. Hence the call the next morning. Yep. Because I had waved the white flag. And so for those of you who don't know, I went to Burning Man this year for the first time and had one of the most extreme experiences of my life. Um, Here's to that. Thank you, Black Rock City. Yes. Thank you, Black Rock City. It was an initiation of th- all initiations. I think it's important to note we haven't spoken about this yet. He and I have not discussed anything. I just got back it's a week ago and I've been kind of decompressing. I'm still recovering and integrating all the, all the things, but you were the first person. And I cannot tell you how many messages I've gotten. I can't, like when you come back from this experience because you're off the grid for at least, I was off the grid for like 10 days. Yeah. And then my phone's blowing up and there's rumors that have been spreading. There's headlines that have been spreading. Stuff. And the first thing everyone wants to know is, how was Burning Man? So yeah. this is where we're going to kind of have that conversation. Yeah, look, And I, I can't even tell you how many times I wanted to pick up the phone and call. <laughs> my RV was at Burning Man without me. It mm-hmm. came back early. 
I've had, I had a roommate that was there who came back with a friend. My other buddy drove through Vegas on the way home. You know, we're getting these downloads and these stories and there's more Starlink out there. So there's more internet connectivity. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're up to date the entire week with what's happening on the outside. Yep. But when you're at Burning Man, you know, Starlink aside, you really have a choice at this point. I started going, my first year was 2012. Okay. There was no decision of whether you were on the grid or off. No option. There was no Wi-Fi out there. Maybe you'd come across somebody who had a sat phone that was, you know, six bucks a minute. And right. if you really needed to get a call out, you could. I, I mean, my RV had Starlink. Mm-hmm. So I was texting Dan. He was, te- hey, how does this work? How does that work? Right. Oh, we were in constant communication. Yeah. Very unique Burning Man experience. Mm-hmm. So let's just lay the groundwork for people. Sure. In terms of what is Burning Man, where is it, Mm -hmm. and who goes? Because I think there are a lot of, I think, ideas, misconceptions, um, stereotypes. For sure. Uh, I certainly had- Speculation. My own perception of what it was. Sure. But Burning Man- I would love to hear your take on this. And I know you're going to ask me, it's like, what, what did I think it was before I went? Well, yeah. What are those misconceptions? I, th- yeah. I think that's a, a worthy conversation, especially given your reach and who your mm-hmm. listeners are and, and who actually goes out there. Like, is it a bunch of naked hippies doing drugs in the desert? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Like any major city across the country, I forget the exact numbers. Black Rock City during festival week is something like the third or fifth largest, largest city, city in Nevada, in Nevada yep. for that eight days. Yep. And the city builds and shrinks, but the, the permit is basically 69,900, something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on it, but it's somewhere in the 60, 70 or 70 or 80,000 mark. Like any city, you have a full spectrum of people. You have older folks that are in their 90s, mm-hmm. no joke. You've got kids and babies that are infants and walking and learning how to ride a bike for the first time. No joke. You have troublemakers. Yeah. And you have beautiful, amazing human beings that just want to gift and give and share and spread love. Mm -hmm. You have workshops. You have educational stuff. Some of the most amazing speakers on the planet that you would never on $1,000 tickets to go see somebody speak. And you'll be riding your bike and you'll be like, oh, let's see who's in this tent. And it's like the founder of Google mm-hmm. talking Serving about Serving you latest. in a line of, like you're in a buffet line or something. You're right. trying to get like a, a taco in there. Totally. <laughs> or if, who's giving out free ice cream and it's, you know, Elon himself. Well, I'll tell you a story just to kick that off as an example. I was waiting uh, at a camp because, so there's all of these camps and then there's the playa, which is where there is the burn, the, the man that gets burned, the temple, which we can talk about all of those. And then all of the art, install- a lot of the art installations that also a lot of them get burned at the end of the week. And then there's the camps where they're incredible. It's one of the most inspiring places to go because the level of creativity is unparalleled with anywhere else I've ever been. So let's life. just lay the groundwork yeah. for the city. Okay. So you have, let's call it 70,000 people going to Black Rock Desert. Okay. No relation to Black Rock, the company that right. we know of. So you're, you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. This is not like a festival that's like LIB that's at a campground and there's bathrooms and you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in the harshest weather conditions. This is part and parcel. I've said this a couple of times. This is exactly what I said to you the night before. Harshest weather conditions you've ever heard yeah. and never experienced. Yeah. Um, and and there's nothing out there. It's literally just dry lake bed. Except this year when it was wet lake bed. Yeah. <laughs> which is a total other con. First of all, I have friends that did not make a decision to go until after you mm. 
because they saw the weather forecast. Okay. Right. So that just gives you an idea of the type of people that are out there. I'm glad I wasn't there this year. Yeah. And I wish I was out there this year. Right. Like, right. that's why we go. Mm-hmm. And what I think most of the media and everybody else missed is that we go there to, to stretch our survival skills. Yes. We go there because we know what environment we're stepping into and what this looks like. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing out there. Everything that's there is brought, brought either by Burning Man Org. Your $500 ticket goes towards a multi-million dollar contract. Burning Man Org is a nonprofit. But like any nonprofit, they have to operate like a for-profit entity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times there's a CEO and there's a staff and there's admin and the Department of Public Works is out there for six months of the year. Mm-hmm. Three, four months leading up to the event and then three, four months after yep. the event. They're going to be cleaning up and, and the cleanup this year is, is going to be worse than it's been in, in years past for a variety of different reasons. Everything that you see out there is broad. Yeah. Not just the large-scale art, all these camps that are built, all of the infrastructure. So of the 70,000 people, you then have, let's say, 1,000 theme camps. And those 1,000 theme camps, and, and we used to run a camp, so I can talk from that perspective, yeah. apply to be there. And it's quite the process that you have to go through. It starts in January and, and the application process starts to go through and they decide how many tickets you need and how many directed tickets and what type of interactivity you're going to have, what the ethos of your camp is, what you're going to bring. Some are sound camps and they bring music. Other people bring ice cream and hugs and events throughout the year, like what, or throughout the week, whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain level of interactivity mm-hmm. in your application or you don't get approved. Right. And- to your point, going around and seeing these camps that range from 10 people to 250 mm-hmm. and 350. I've seen villages that close come close to 500. Yeah. Um, managing 500 people, the biggest our camp got was 65. Bless their beautiful hearts. I can't even imagine what it's like yeah. to manage that many people yeah. at Burning Man. Mm-hmm. So I was in a camp of 120. Mm. And it was the third year. Mm. We had an incredible location. We were, if you, you know, the grid. So it's, yeah. we were at five and a five and a is cool. Um, so right next to Esplanade, right next to the playa, awesome. like very centrally located. And, um, our, my, my camp was called legendary playground of the gods. Perfect. <laughs> it was amazing. Perfect. We, we can go were, through some great camp names. Yeah. <laughs> legendary playground of the gods. We were known for our workshops. We had some of the most, incredible thought leaders, facilitators of all different types of work there. Dave Asprey spoke at my- uh, And it's free. Free. Dave gets however much he gets to speak and however much you need to pay. And here he is just- Hanging. Next is Dave Asprey. Hanging out. Yeah. Dave Asprey, John Wineland. uh, I mean, just some incredible, incredible facilitators. And um, so that was kind of our theme. And every single day we had- a whole lineup of what you could expect. People would come by, take photos and see, and then plan to come. Yep. Or you just like wander in and we're doing a breath work or sound healing or, or I won't even get into all the specifics yet. <laughs> but my, my point about the types of camps and who you might see there, what I love, like you said, and just to reiterate, every kind of person <laughs> There's people from all different types of backgrounds that come for different purposes. Some simply to contribute and to serve. Yeah. The guy that I ended up, I ended up getting in an RV 
very late, last minute. The synchronicities and the way the universe provided. Did I tell you oh or my what? God. You're like, but I'm not going with anybody. Is that going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And then you told me the camp and I was like, you're, you're going to be, be fine. fine. You're going to be fine. I went alone, you guys. Like <laughs> to go to Burning Man, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment to get there. It's a commitment to be there. It's a commitment to get out. And most people do it with people they know. And I did not. Sure. However, I knew this was the year for me for a couple reasons. One, I had had the intention to go. I knew I felt really compelled and called. I knew that it was going to be push me to my edge. And I was also sort of afraid of it. And I live by the principle of like, do the thing you're scared to do. Yeah. Go because there's so much growth. There's so much learning on the other side of it. And I had a visceral feeling in my body that I knew was familiar. And I had the same visceral feeling when I um, went on my first healing retreat. That it's like a plant medicine Literally ceremony. changed my life, the trajectory of my life. Yeah. And I could feel the intensity of this energetic, like before and after moment. It was like, you said this to me on the phone. It's almost like an ayahuasca ceremony. It's like, when you say yes, the medicine starts like happening. You're already in the frequency and the vibration of it. And it's already starting to provide for you. You just have to, get off the fence and decide. And when I did that, literally within 24 hours of having that conversation with you, I sent a message to Pavel, who's been on the show, Noah Aon, who you you and I both uh, helped um, run a recent event here at Area 15. Pavel says, I got the people from you, for you here. Here's the contact uh, for this camp. We get on the phone and it's the head guy of the camp. And he said, you know what? immediately we just resonated. And immediately mm. it's like, this, this is your home. This is where you're meant to be. Mm. And he's like, so do you have accommodations? Are you, do you know where you're going to stay? I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't no. have anything planned. He's like, well, my brother was supposed to come and he's supposed to stay in this RV. And all of a sudden last minute, he can't. Today, like I found out today. Which happens all the time, by the way. Found out today, he can't come. There's a spot in the RV. So you're going to get the main room, it all works out. The guy that I end up staying with, I do a phone call with him to make sure we're, you know, aligned and on the same page and we both feel comfortable. He asked me what my intention was for going and why I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll read, I actually wrote a couple of those down. I'll read what yeah. I wrote prior. But I asked him and his response was so beautiful and it really shed light on the, uh, kind of the spectrum of people that go and why they go. This guy says, I want to lose myself in the, and find myself in the service of others. Mm. And literally, he's ex-military. Wanted, this was like his third burn. He's like, I'm just here to help other people have an amazing experience. Yeah, Like I've done psychedelics. I've had medicines in the past. I've had different types of experiences, different burns. But like, I'm coming for this year just to, just to give Surf. of my time and yeah. of my service. Wow. Right? That's amazing. Is that that's not what they talk about in the news? Not that's at not all. No. Not at all. And that's most of the city. Yes. All right. We could talk about the 10 principles. We could talk about gifting, not trade, mm-hmm. not barter, which mm-hmm. was a misconception even I had at the very beginning. Yep. Your time and your energy and showing up and being there for somebody. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So a friend of mine had a tent that she had never put up before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like a simple little thing. And we're pre-playa and we weren't camping with her. 
And it's probably a good idea to set up your tent before you get to Burning Man. Mm -hmm. She tried to set it up and it went like not good. Oh, no. Like the frustration and the look in her eyes that like, I can't get this tent set up was like, she looked horrified. Yeah. And I, I grabbed her hand. I gave her a hug. I said, I said, look, you're going to the one place on earth where countless people are going to offer to set up your tent. Because mm -hmm. I set it up in two seconds, mm -hmm. right? And I was trying to teach her how to do it, right? And I'm like, you don't understand. Because she'd never been also. Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't understand. You're going to take that out of your car. And people are like, need a hand with that? Hey, can I? You don't look like you know what you're doing. Can I help can you I with help that? You? Like everybody in the city is mm -hmm. just like, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really, a. I mean, the whole concept of the whole thing where we're sitting here at this beautiful Blue Wire Studios, we're here at the Wynn. I just walked past, I don't know, a thousand people playing in the casino. Yeah. I don't think I talked to one of them. <laughs> I mean, if one of them was falling or needed help, I would of course give it. But like, we go through life being strangers. So disconnected. Yeah. And at the burn... It's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. We welcome the stranger. Mm -hmm. It's radical self-inclusion mm -hmm. or radical inclusion rather. Self-reliance is the other one. It's just a different, it's just a foreign mm -hmm. mentality mm -hmm. that needs to come to more people mm -hmm. outside in the default world as yeah. we like to call it. Yeah. And, and back into the space. Man. Yeah. So I want to read you guys what my um, initial intentions for going were because um, by the way, Nikki, who's my roommate and manager of the show, who was just on um, her, we did a recording and you guys have absolutely loved that episode, by the way. So you'll be seeing her again soon. Mm -hmm. um, but she did something really special for me. And she set up a pre-burn ceremony at mm -hmm. our house. Mm -hmm. She's so sweet. She, so we get all the logistics. She helps me pack. We go through all the checklists. It was the most seamless, easy couple of days. It was fun. It was awesome. exciting. We got all the yeah. outfits and we're sitting there at home and we're like, this was too easy. Like what? Perfect. This was too easy. And <laughs> we have time on our hands. <laughs> the car is packed. We have time on our hands. We're like, what we're going to do? So she's like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to host a little ceremony for you. So I come downstairs. She sets up this beautiful table with a like this opportunity for me to set my intentions and burn anything pre-burn that I wanted to do. Yeah. And what I had written down was a couple things. So one was to feel in my body every single day. Um, Cause I wanted to have a unique, cosmic, beautiful experience. And I also wanted to be really grounded in that experience. So I wanted to like connect in and ground in my body every day. Mm. I wanted to fall delusionally in love with life and all of God's children, to adventure and explore with childlike wonder and amazement, to do something naked, to laugh until I cry and cry until I laugh, to make new friends that feel more like family, to have my faith in God and humanity strengthened, to misbehave, to fall into deeper alignment and purpose. Mm. Wow. So it was beautiful to have that time. And I think it's, we don't give ourselves the opportunity, even if it's just for a few minutes to sit down and be like, what, what's my why? You know, what's my why? What do I hope to get out of this? What is my intention for going? 
what am I going to fixate my attention and my energy on and really open myself up to experience? Mm. And because of that, my like energetic radar was like queuing for all. It was like, I am open and available for all of those beautiful experiences. I mean, that's a hell of a list. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I and got I could see all of that being done like your first day at the bird. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, what do I do now? Well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> so that was what I went into with. And, um, and like many people who speculate who've never been, who think they know what it's like, I'll just say, it's almost like you can't speak on something that you ha- you don't know anything about. <laughs> it's almost ineffable. Yeah. It really is. And and look, 12 years, I've been putting this to words for quite a while. Everybody needs to go to Burning Man at least once. Mm. It's just that simple. Mm. Every single person in the world needs to make their way to the burn at least once. I want my parents to go. Mm-hmm. I want my sister to go. I want my nephews. My daughter's definitely going. Me and my wife, our relationship has only solidified since 2012. Mm. Everybody has to go mm-hmm. at least once. For a day, for two days, there's easier ways to do it. You can fly in. Yeah. You can fly out same day. I can help you with that. Like there's there's easier ways to do it. And then there's more difficult ways mm-hmm. to do it. The longer you stay, the more difficult it's going to be. You can go there for a day and you'll probably be fine. Two, three days, you start to push it. That's when that first breakdown starts to happen, <laughs> which we could talk yeah. about. Right? Like try staying on plyo for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. amount of of just what your body goes through. And what the mind, the mental, the emotional, the flurry of experiences that you have out there. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to go there. I, I completely agree. Because, the immediacy. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about the 10 principles sure. that Burning Man is founded on. And these are like, the. this is the rules. These, this is what we live by. This is the foundational ideals that everyone goes and accepts as truth and is in agreement with when they decide to show up on the fly, yeah. ideally. Uh, the Ten Commandments and yes. whatever religious beliefs <laughs> yeah. you have, like all of that supersedes this. So this is after mm-hmm. let's not kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Let's not be jealous, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's just, I think that's really important to put out there. Like nobody's killing anybody out right. there. Like, right. It's not Lord of the Flies. <laughs> there's rules. Yeah. There's laws after all that. Mm-hmm. So the first rule I have it pulled up is radical inclusion, which you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so what it says is anyone may be part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites exist for participation in our community. Mm. Um, I'm curious, what, is that, what does that principle mean I gotta to you? I got to tell you, when you read that sentence, we welcome the stranger, mm. I tear up. Mm-hmm. Where does that happen? Mm-hmm. I keep a lock on my front door. It's usually open. Not to tell everybody my front door's open. But like, we welcome the stranger. Mm. When does that happen? I'm having some people over. Uh, your friend's fine. Your friend's not a stranger to you. But right. like, I can't just walk into somebody's house when they're having a party. They'll be like, what are you doing here? Mm. But at the burn, not only can you just wander into a party, sit yourself down in an art car, help yourself to what... <laughs> the, the, the first year the 747 jet came out there, which wasn't out there this year. It's actually here in Vegas mm. at, at Area 15 to be... Mm. I don't know if I can say that, but whatever. Um, oops. <laughs> it's not there yet, but anyway, it's somewhere here in Vegas. And um, there was a line to get on it. Mm. And I remember the line was like long. And you could see all the tenured burners like, what is, what, 
What is what is it? Is this a is this a line? We don't wait online. There's right. no lines at Burning Man. Right. It wasn't for VIP. It was because there was capacity issues on the art car, and you can only mm-hmm. have so many people on the art car. It was a safety issue mm-hmm. more than anything else. But to see the look on everybody's faces with was like a line. Yeah. Burning, line Burning Man. It just seemed <laughs> weird, right? Because there's no such thing. Right. There's no backstage. There's no VIP. Mm-hmm. There's no. Uh, there's a running joke every year that they're selling VIP tickets this year. Yeah. There's no VIP ticket. Right. There is a FOMO, FOMO ticket, ticket. and yeah. it's really important to understand what that FOMO ticket is. That FOMO ticket is a 1500 regular ticket to Burning Man is 500 and whatever it was, 80 bucks or mm-hmm. something like this. It mm-hmm. goes up every year, no doubt. There's a $1,500 ticket that goes off first and there's a set number of tickets. Those tickets offset the low income ticket program. Mm-hmm. So the balance of those tickets where people who can afford to pay a higher ticket, it's the same ticket. There's no differentiation of what ticket, well, you paid 1500 you have access to this. Right. No. That makes way for the low-income tickets, mm-hmm. which are given away at, um, and you have to apply for them. And mm-hmm. You tell your story as to why you think you're worthy of that ticket, and Burning Man Org will gift you that ticket. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Radical inclusion. It means everybody's welcome. It's a different orientation to openness and for me, it's like you preemptively accept all. You choose. All are welcome here. That like all are welcome. And as somebody who went there by myself, that is the, is music to my ears. Well, this is why you were like, but I don't know anybody. I was like, don't worry, be fine. Yep. You're, you're welcome here. You're You're welcome here. You're included in it. And I found that because there were so, there was actually a good bit of time on the playa that I spent alone. And um, man, was it refreshing and beautiful to to know that there was no place I could go that I didn't belong. Art installations, um, talks, performances, even weddings. Mm. I, my wife and I spent an afternoon just wedding hopping. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. We got married on Playa. We had people at our wedding we didn't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, know who you are, but okay, cool. We'll be like, hey, I'm grateful to yep. have you here, right? So radical inclusion, I think, is a really important aspect. I do too. Burn, and that's why it's the first principle. It is. Yep. Okay, number two is gifting. So you, uh, so basically what that means is Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The mm-hmm. value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange of something of equal value. You give just because. How awesome is that? Yeah. Right? Um, There's a lot of gift giving on the playa. Like it's not just time or energy. And that's part of it. Mm -hmm. People donate countless hours to make these camps operate. It is a round, it's 10 months out of the year Mm -hmm. that goes into planning these Mm -hmm. camps, right? It's a lifestyle, which we could talk about. But like when you're on the playa, I came in here with a couple of gifts, right? Mm -hmm. I had a little, I had a little ring and a pin. Right? A little in harmony pin and a little mm-hmm. pocket coin. Um, it's just something that has in 12 years. Who doesn't like getting a gift? I know. Right? I went out there. So knowing that, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, if there was a standard for gift giving or like what you should bring. Or So I asked maybe like one or two people, like what were types of gifts they'd received in the past? Mm-hmm. And they said everything from stickers to a hug, to a smile, to a poem that they wrote together to everything and anything in between. Is the hug deli out there? 
I didn't, I didn't find it. Oh. I'm sure it exists. Hug Deli is like the happiest place <laughs> on earth. Total other conversation. Amazing. So I ended up, I, so I took stickers that I had made um, that I love. I took also these Camusa design necklaces, mm-hmm. which um, I love because they help people breathe and downregulate because you can get panicked out there. Yeah, you can have amazing. a really heightened experience. Yeah. And there's a time for that for sure. For sure. And um, every time uh, somebody gave me tattoos, yeah. <laughs> it's like all different types of things. But um, it's a beautiful moment and exchange of just like, I thought of you. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to have this. And mm-hmm. the misconception is, and I had heard this in the past, is like, it's a barter system. Oh. If you want something, you got to give something away oh. of equal value. So if I need, if I ran out of toilet paper, what can I, here's some paper towel. Totally. <laughs> right. It's, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I was under the same misconception, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of burners pre Laya are under that misconception, mm-hmm. not fully understanding what it's like. Um, and some stuff you you pay for. Look, it's not cheap to go there. No, this is my first camp necklace Ooh. for uh, Desiderata. This is 2013, and everybody that came in, everyone was different, and everybody who came in got one of these necklaces so that we can kind of identify with one another. Mm. And they got they they've progressed over the years and changed over the years. We had a different designer that we that we would design with over the years, mm. um, and and we had a few extras of these that we would hand out. Yeah. You know, that people would come by our camp and we would hand out. So necklaces, stickers, hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had somebody sit down next to me at a party and just keep me company. Yeah. What's going on? My gift is I hang out with people and just keep them company. <laughs> and I was like, I'm good. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope, nope, I'm going to hang out with you for a little while. And I was like, okay. <laughs> One of the coolest guys, like, had a phenomenal afternoon. Wow. Introduced my wife. He's like, who's this? I'm like, yeah, this is John. John's going to hang out with me for a little bit. He's just with me. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. We kind of welcomed John in. Turned out he needed a place to go. He was trying to crush some time before he got somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, cool, come hang out. Mm. One of the things I take away from this principle is just like this reminder to give generously, like of yourself in whatever way and love graciously, right? Mm. It's just like there's a spirit of generosity uh, that is in everything and everybody. And what I love about it is when you say the playa provides, this idea that if you need something, you'll find it. Mm. it you'll, it'll provide you with the Fly type magic. of burn you need. No, it'll give you, you know, what you need in the moment. And, but also like that what you give away comes back to you. <laughs> it's, um, it's something that comes up in my life every single day. Mm. It's something that, have you met my wife? I haven't. All right. So she and I have these conversations all the time. Mm. Um, I live a very fortunate life. I have a lot of abundance around me. Friends, family, money, success. It's all starting to flow. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I'm very, very happy to share. Uh, Without the expectation, right? And of anything in return. Like, I don't even ask. Like, I don't don't care. Mm -hmm. We're going... Let's go. I'll pick up lunch. Don't have to offer. Somebody offers, great. That's awesome. But I'm not buying you lunch because I'm expecting you to, mm-hmm. right? I'm not doing this because I'm expecting anything. And it's all Burning Man that is talking. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said of my own upbringing. I'm 44 years old. And there's something to be said about, you know, don't, you don't get nothing, something for nothing mm-hmm. in this world. Nothing's free. Nothing's free, right? There is no free lunch. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't buy that. We met through David Meltzer, another guy who is exceptionally abundant and overflowing with abundance. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows. Yeah. Right? But working in New York City, in New York City, you're basically stepping on the shoulders or the face of somebody else so that you can get ahead. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I left didn't resonate with me. And Burning Man has shown me that there is an abundance in the world. And when you tap into the flow of that abundance, and it's all through gifting, time, energy. Whatever you have. The key is zero expectation of anything in return. And it sets you free Mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way. Well, I've seen this practice in your life. And I haven't known you that long. Obviously, I received some of your gifts today. But um, I... At the beginning of August, the, actually, Pavel, who introduced me to my camp, and I were going to host an event here at Area 15, and it was a scramble, like, last minute. It was awesome. It was a scramble to make it happen because he had been traveling all over, and it was just, the dates were confining. It was a lot going on, and I remember he was like, Craig's going to pick me up from the airport, and then we're going to go here, and we're going to go there, and then we'll meet you here. And I get to Area 15 and there you are pulling up in your massive truck. And he was like, yeah, just Craig just found out I was coming. He was like, do you want to, you want to ride? We're good. There's two things I love doing. (laughs) I love picking people up at the airport and I love helping people move. Yeah. Uh, You're a great friend. (laughs) Well, like I I just moved. And because of that, I had all my closest, nearest, and hey, could I help you put that TV up on the wall? Hey, Mm -hmm. can I help you plug the walls in the old house? Hey, can I? I love helping people move. I love picking people up at the airport. Mm-hmm. Two favorite things to do. Pavel got, you know, gave yeah. me a chance to pick somebody up at the airport. Well, it's this trickle down effect though of like what that act then impacts all of the other things. It's a domino. I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know how big the production was. And you I didn't, didn't need know. to. You just said yes yeah. to being of service and to giving of your time and to, of your resources of what you had available. And it kicks this domino that then hits another domino that it then allows and provides and empowers someone else to do something else. And then as a byproduct, here we are having this conversation. Well, look, it's like paying it forward and like buying the the person behind you coffee. Sure. You know, like the, and what generally happens is that they buy the next cup mm-hmm. and they buy the next cup and it can go on for cars and cars yeah. and cars. People that work, tell, yeah. tell us these stories. Yeah remarkable the human condition of what one gift does. Mm-hmm. And now you have 70,000 people in a five-mile radius, nine-mile radius, gifting. It's almost like a game. It's like, how generous can I be? It's, 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 it's really, you know I mean? it's real. Oh, no, no, after you. Right. These two people have been here for three hours. No, neither one of them's going <laughs> yeah. first. I don't, I don't know. No, 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 after you. No, 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 I insist after mm-hmm. you. Really, I got all day, buddy, after you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. Okay, number three. Um, decommodification it says in order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, mm-hmm. transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such exploitation, and we resist the subs- uh, substitution of consumption for participatory participatory experience. What does that mean? It's a big one. Yeah, it's a really big. I one. know, and this is one that's had a lot of. I- I can't even tell. Since my first year, people have been talking about how Burning Man has gotten commercialized. Mm -hmm. This is a big. Oh no, no, no! You can't, you can't go there. No, no, no! It's just totally commercialized. Even this burn, um, people were commenting on how Google bought fifty-one or fifty-two percent of it. Mm -hmm. Right? What does that mean for the burn? And 
And I don't know what it means because I don't really know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I do know that Google's there. Google requires its executives to go to Burning Man before they can work there. I know. Stealing Fire, Stephen Kotler's book. I remember reading that book and then talking about the um, hiring process for their CEO. And one of the requirements was that they had been to Burning Man. And I know why. Yeah. Everybody needs to go to Burning Man. The most innovative, creative, out-of-the-box thinking place you can go to. Well, there's also... what did I tell you? You're going to have a breakdown mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Like as put together and as coachable and as incredible as you are you and I am. yourself in crisis. You're, you're going to push yourself to the limits one way or the other. Yeah. You're going to stay out too far. You're going to go do something. You're going to forget something. You can leave your camp and not have your goggles, your bag, any of your... And and like, I, I was just going across the street because there was this friend that was giving out pancakes. And next thing I know, I had a cup of coffee and I was walking this girl back to her camp. and. And then I got on this art car and I don't know, it just really worked out well. And now I'm on the other side of the play and I don't know how to get back. Yep. It happens. It's totally a thing. This decommodification of of the play is something that's really important. And it is such that we will defend it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important also. When I go out there, I don't have, we created a camp called Desiderata. It's written Mm -hmm. after a a poem by Max Ehrman written in 1927. Um, I don't know where I just put my pocket coin. Oh, there it is. I would never give these gift these out as a gift on the playa because it says my brand on it. Mm-hmm. Right? Decommodification is right. the erasure of this. Pepsi's not out there. Coca-Cola's not right. out there. Red Bull's not out there. Monster's not out there. There's no monster camp. Mm-hmm. There could be. Monster would love to be out there sure. with a kick-ass camp that they invested hundreds of thousands of corporate dollars into mm-hmm. to have this mega camp presence. No, not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's not out there. Google might own 52% but they didn't buy it so they could put their name on it. Right. Right. Because they want to protect the culture just as much. They're burners, just like we are. Well, I'll give you an example of what that looked like for me. When we were packing, and Nikki so much more um, just thoughtful and, and just aware of some things that like I might have passed my mind by, but we're sitting there packing and she's like taking the label off of everything that I bought and to make sure that there was nothing that had logos of any kind. And no moop. Yeah. No it, matter that's yeah. out of place. There's yep. no garbage. It's just matter that's out of mm-hmm. place because everything that you brought in gets taken out. Yeah. So if it's like Purell bottles, it's like, no, we're just like not there to like. Look, we took my Tioga RV mm-hmm. and we like taped over the letters yeah. so that it said something far more creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Well, yeah. not only is it a big one, but like, it's one that we want to protect. And, and this is why this is why Burning Man Org takes issue with the camp application. Mm-hmm. This is why they put so much time and attention to the art cars that are being built and where they're funded mm-hmm. and where the money comes from and what the intention is. Um, my, I forget what year it was. I, they all kind of blend together after a while. <laughs> Understood. But I was, I was sitting um, in a chair outside a camp and I was waiting for my friends who were using a restroom or picking somebody up. I forgot what was going on. And literally an art car drove by thumping music. And um, this was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And, um, and a bunch of people get off um, wearing like designer clothing. The girls were wearing heels, which makes no sense to mm-hmm. wear on the playa. It's just not functional at all. Mm-hmm. They had rolling bags and luggage, um, which obviously doesn't work in right. and out, right? Like they clearly just got off a flight or a plane, came from the airport, and now they're getting dropped off at this camp where everything was waiting for them. Yeah. And, and no I go. remember being like, this feels gross. I got to go. Mm-hmm. 
And they were wearing designer clothes blatantly. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell the backs of the shoes were red. Right. Uh, New York fashion, I get it. But like, it's just not the place for that. And and you start to stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And granted, they might've had a bunch of stuff waiting for them in their RV. Who knows, right? Yeah. But like, this is part of what we will defend as burners to protect ourselves from that type of commercial corporate exploitation. Mm-hmm. That's not a place for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not, it's not a place to be sold or to sell. It's, yeah. you know, um, to be marketed to. It's, it's a place to. <laughs> Look, I love Dave. I love his brands. I love everything that's going on with Bulletproof. I guarantee you he wasn't out there talking about Bulletproof yeah. coffee, danger coffee. Yeah. Like, no, he was out there like probably a and a like ask me whatever you want, yep. you exactly. know? And it's just like, cool, I have access to this great mind that's mm-hmm. incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I've gone out there and do talks, it's not to promote in harmony. It's to talk about the science of mindfulness, talk, like I'll give my keynote, Educate. but it's not for any other purpose than like, I got some radical minds that were given to me from Playa Magic. I don't know who these people are. They might not even know who I am, mm-hmm. but like, let's share the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Okay. Next one is radical self-reliance. Mm-hmm. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on their inner resources. Mm. You know what? I found out that um, I have so much more. (laughs) I'm so much more capable than I ever thought I was. I did not give myself credit, enough credit for my ability to resource. Yeah. um, To... And this was, it is the environment to test yourself in terms of how much, what is my capacity for self-reliance in the most extreme of environments and weather. Um, and yes, there are a lot of people there to support you and gift you and and love on you. Radical inclusion is still number one. It's still there. But this was a really, really big one for me yeah. when I was out there. Look, it's one that continues to play out in life mm-hmm. even now. There's nothing like this principle to remind you and showcase just how codependent you actually are. It's so true. So one of my <laughs> dear friends who was out there in a different camp went for, for um, build week and that's an, its own a thing. Whole other thing. And I actually, my RV didn't show up. It got a flat tire mm. and was stranded on the side of the road in Fernley. There it is. And so I'm driving a friend. I had met a group in Reno, some girl I didn't know was like, I need a ride in. No problem. Put her bike on the back of my car because I drove in. So she and I drove in in the middle of the night, Sunday, as soon as the gates open. But I didn't have a place to stay. Yeah. So I'm going to Burning Man. No tent, no RV, got to figure it out. Um, Ended up getting to, dropping her off at like 4.30 a.m. I find a friend's tent they left a, a LED light up smiley face <laughs> and wrote on a whiteboard. It's like, this is our camp. These are our pods and this is mine. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Just basically. All right, go. Like we're out partying. We're out doing whatever we're doing. Use my tent. I'll see you in the morning. 5 a.m. This is my introduction to Burning Man. I'm like, it is pitch black. It's the first night. So everything isn't lit up. People oh. aren't partying all night. So I'm like, I've got to figure this out. Yeah. And and I did. And But he told me a, a so the first two days, there was no AC. There was nothing. It was like, you're just roughing it. Mm. And um, because my my RV didn't get there for a couple of days. So mm. I was doing this kind of <laughs> couch surfing kind yeah. of thing, figuring it There's out. no better place to do it. Yep. And, but what he said is a big part of the the build process and even in into Burn Week was 
how he realized how often he outsources everything. Like he was like, I'm the guy that calls the guy. If I have a light bulb out, like if I have anything going wrong, I call the guy to come fix it instead of applying myself. And what it's so power is like, you learn how to try at things you've never tried at. Totally. And apply yourself and put forth effort in areas you've only ever just assumed you couldn't do because you just never have had to. Totally. And we live in such a privileged society where we can just have it conveniently done for us if you can afford to have shout the- out, Shout out to duct tape. Yeah. And it just gets everything done. The awareness that, oh, what happens if I actually apply myself? Oh, here's a problem and there's a solution. Mm-hmm. And my my activity and the creative process of like figuring out that solution is like, I get to have fun with it. And that is something I fully have brought home with me. Yeah. It's like when I want to give up, because there are times you want to give up and just crumble and cry. It's like, okay, I can have a moment, but like, I'm going to get back to it. I'm with my wife 15 years. And we are incredibly codependent on, mm-hmm. on each other. And we know these principles well because we go to the burn and like, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can, like you're, you, why, why can't you do it? Yeah. Like, and sh- I could do it. I'm just asking you to do it. I'm like, I get that, but I'm in the middle of doing something. Yeah, but it looks like you're not doing anything. I get that, yeah. but I'm still doing <laughs> something, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. the burn has a way of throwing you these curveballs over and over and over. These little puzzles that you need to figure out Mm -hmm. and that you need to just apply yourself towards going to figure out, like finding a place to sleep. Mm -hmm. Now you got to make some friends. Yeah. Hey, I'm stuck here. My friends are coming to pick me up in the morning. Wouldn't by any chance have someplace to lay down. Yeah, absolutely. We have a shared space and grab a couch. Mm -hmm. No problem. Hey, I ran out of water and um, I understand radical self-reliance and I've got a ton of water on the other side of the playa. If you need some tomorrow, any chance you can fill in my water bottle? Yeah, of course. Come on over. Mm-hmm. Right? Like just asking that question, again, giving somebody an opportunity to help, mm-hmm. to gift. And the radical self-reliance aspect of that is like, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And ask for help. It's there. Right? Especially if it's not something you understand. I can't even tell you how many times I've racked my brain on generator issues, <laughs> on especially at my camp of like, huh, never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's figure it out. And the tribe comes together to try and figure it out. And then of course you're on Playa. So there's no Ace Hardware store. There's no Home Depot. No. So you only have what you brought. And I bring a lot under the ethos of I'd rather have it, not need it, mm-hmm. than need it and not have it. My team comes, that's the other thing about this year's burn. Like everybody's like, everybody's out of water. And I'm sure some people might have run out of water. I'm sure some people didn't have access to medical care that they needed. And I heard a couple people passed People pass every year at Burning Man. It mm-hmm. says on the ticket, you're taking your life in your own hands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very unfortunate. I'm certainly not discounting that in any way, shape, or form. But like every year, people have a hard year. Mm-hmm. That's part of the burn. It's part of this rite of passage yeah. that is the burn. And, and yet, I would have, I go out there with, I'm out there for 14 days. Usually, I do build week and, and burn Fair week. Oh, okay. Um, the only reason I go is when I don't have to be back for something. This is really important. Why wasn't I on the playa this year? You were moving. I had moving, but I had things to do. Mm-hmm. My daughter had to be back in school. Um, I happen to have a lot happening with my business right now. Like, I could not be there indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And um, what did people learn this year? Oh, you have to be here indefinitely. Yep. There wasn't a, there was an, it, it was non-negotiable for me to be someplace. And that means I can't go at the beginning because you never know. Mm-hmm. There were people in my camp that were, there was a guy that was starting a new job 
not, <laughs> on like not Monday. Mondays. On Monday. <laughs> not Monday. When it rains, you can't drive. And we could talk about, you know, what happened this year too. But mm-hmm. the one one hundredth of an inch on the playa causes problems. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, I don't even know, two inches or something yeah, fell. It was, right? it was crazy. But after just a passing squall, you can't drive on the playa because of what happens to the clay when it gets wet and how sticky it gets and all this stuff that you figured out for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that radical self-reliance aspect of it is like, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And look, there are people that walked from the playa to the road and then hitchhiked. There's a couple of famous people that did it, which made the news, but yep. they weren't the only ones. Mm-hmm. I had friends that were like, literally took video of them driving themselves towards that road. Like, yep. I got to get out of here. Radical self-reliance. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 literally every day and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, I've got to take care of my body. It's truly an absolute non-negotiable. I drink AG1 in the morning before I start my day and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body as a positive first action and habit of my day. Because I've realized that one small thing that I do is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. I think about it like this, my choices, my actions, they matter. So I think of drinking AG1 as a choice. It's like a vote for the person that I want to become. Someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash coachable. That's drinkag1.com slash coachable. Check them out today. It, it has shown me so much about and taught me so much about commitment. I mean. There's a, there's a famous influencer that, that talks about um, the rules are not for everyone. Mm. The rules are for the least capable of following the rules. Mm. So the reason there's a speed limit isn't necessarily to keep you from driving 60 or 70 miles an hour. If you're capable of driving 60 or 70 miles an hour, the rule is there for the person who can't drive their car faster than 30 miles an hour without being a problem for Mm -hmm. others. I happen to like driving fast. I'm not reckless. I'm very controlled. I've taken driving lessons. I've driven a race car. I can pretty much drive anything. Mm -hmm. If it's got four wheels, six or eight wheels, I could drive it. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be reckless in any way, shape, or form. Mm. So the rules are there for society, for the least, it's for the weakest link, not for the strongest link necessarily. Mm-hmm. And at Burning Man, you've got, you've got the weakest links are out there, no doubt. But most of the people there are really, you're there to kind of push the limits yeah. of like what you're capable of. As long as you're being safe, yeah. as long as you're not harming others, as long as you're not harming yourself, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the radical inclusion. And that's the radical self-reliance mm-hmm. rather. That's like, I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And coupled with that is um, the radical self-expression, which was a big um, focus of mine uh, for this burn. So radical self-expression, which is also very well displayed in this uh, beautiful- <laughs> Amazing jacket. This amazing jacket. Yes. If you are watching on YouTube, which you should be, if you're not, Ooh. you need to go over there right now. Um, radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one- uh, no one other than the individual or collaborating group can determine its consent or its content. Sorry. It is offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, the, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. Radical self-expression. 
this one is, this is one of the, for many, many reasons people need to go to Burning Man. Mm. But for this, yeah, this is big. People want to talk about costumes. Mm -hmm. And we're like, they're not costumes, dude. They're outfits. I get it. I know it looks like I'm a chef. I get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's not a costume. This is actually art. what I would wear. It's yeah. art, right? Exactly. I get it. Chef Boyardee. I, but it doesn't say Chef Boyardee. It's just a chef hat and like, you know, it's a tiki skirt. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, tutu. Whatever. Tutu Tuesday. Yeah, like, tutu Tuesday. So we got married. My wife and I hosted four weddings in three months. Wow. Totally different story. Uh, went down to Tulum and a buddy of ours who has an art car at the burn has a hotel down there. We rented out the entire hotel, 40 friends, three nights. Mm. It was epic. My friend Hope showed up and July 4th or 5th happens to be her birthday. So she's like, it's my birthday. We're like, it's our wedding, but cool. She was like, I want everybody to wear tutus. We we're like, I do too. She's like, I have an entire suitcase full of tutus. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, maybe if I can find some, we'll flash some on the screen of 40 of us walking down the little street of Tulum. Wow. In uh, beach in, in Tutu. I mean, we fully engaged. Not only that, but we went out to dinner. My friend Tara spun a set at another restaurant. So like we had to like leave the hotel to the confines of our own hotel. Yeah. It was amazing. That is Tutu sick. Tuesday. It's a thing. I own tutus. Yes. I own tutus. I do too. For Tutu Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Right? Too. My daughter loves running around the house in a tutu and I can't wait to see because I don't wear it at home even though mm -hmm. I could. I save it for Tutu Tuesday and I can't wait to say, Daddy, you're wearing a red tutu. And I'd be like, it's the only one that fits. Yes. Yeah. It's so fun. And it's it's so beautiful to go to a place in whatever form of expression you want is like is welcome. You know what I mean? Because right. it's inclusive. It's it's there is nothing that is too much at Burning Man. And that pressed my edges in one of the reasons I wanted to go because I have this I this this thought. It's like where, when I see something that causes me to go into judgment, where now I'm like, that's too much. That's not allowed. Mm -mm. No Can't. such thing. There is no such thing. No such thing. So I know for me, like I like want to press my edges and my boundary, or like press in my capacity to accept myself because where I go into that for myself, it's like, oh no, Tori, you're not allowed to do that or wear that or say that or whatever. That's where I go into judgment and that's where I fall out of love. Mm. And so one of my intentions was to really feel into and become aware of like, are there still parts of me that was like, mm, mm. I can't love that. Oof. I think it's easy when you're at a festival. Mm to have the openness of radical self-expression. I think it gets more difficult as we exit into the default world. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're in the confines of like, that hair is really pink. Appropriateness. Well, look, I'll, I'll hit something that's taboo right now. Pronouns. Mm -hmm. Not something I typically talk about. You're an adult. I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. Mm -hmm. I really don't care. I really don't. Stay away from my kids. Stay away from my daughter. Stay away, right? Like there's a whole other conversation sure. there. But like, radical self, I mean, self-expression. It's, I'm just here showing off what I'm doing. Yep. Right. Love it or hate it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And I think the most transformative aspect of, of it for me is what I'm projecting out to everybody else. What's reflecting back to me. I'll give you a great example. I wear holsters every day. That started at Burning Man. Mm. I often don't have pockets at Burning Man. 
And so my wife got me this amazing pair of holsters. Mm-hmm. Um, bought it on Etsy. It was right after my first burn. Um, I remember going to my second burn and having them and loving them and being like, these are so amazing. Yeah. And then I got back and I was like, why aren't I wearing these every day? Right. And now people comment like, what, what are those? Mm-hmm. Are you packing? Mm-hmm. Like I might be, I, right? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Probably <laughs> not. Just my cell phone. Yeah. Right. A couple other things. But like, what do people think about me wearing that? What would somebody think about me wearing this jacket? Granted, I'm in Vegas. I yeah. get it. People are loud. I'm loud. I get it. Right. Matching shoes. Can yes. We get, can we get the so shoes sick. There, right. <laughs> like, I get that. But for me, a lot of this is that judgment of like, well, if that's okay for that. Look, people like goth. They mm-hmm. like wearing black. They like nails and hair and, and you know, all sorts of things. Yep. This teaches me that, hey, anybody can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. that you govern your own body, mm-hmm. that you govern your own expression. And I hold space for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it is transformative to be in the immersive environment where that is the norm, mm-hmm. which is not in the default world. And my hope um, is that, and my intention is to bring that back with me mm. in, in, in my life. Mm. And that, that we can only hope as we are like creating a, a more beautiful world, as they say, it's like, if we go first, if we're the example. Have to be. So that's the thing. It's like, you don't, you don't go there to escape it and then to live in the fantasy of it. it the intention is to like, then so, bring it back and create the new earth here. <laughs> this is a great, this is a great time to bring this up. This is called a face chain. This is something my wife designs. Mm. And, um, and you wear it over your face like that. If I can get over the that's monitors so and- I love that. Right? And it's got different gemstones on the side. And one of the things I absolutely love about my crew is that when we go out, we're wearing face chains, body jewelry, holsters, flowy gowns, clothing. Like there is a certain ply of fashion mm-hmm. that that certain aspects of the burn have. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are there in like boots and work clothes and cargo pants and no shirt and like yeah. whatever. Right? Come as you are. Doesn't matter. There is no dress code. Uh, it's the same at transformational festivals. You got the ritzy ditzy people that want to get like all dolled up and dressed up. Uh, we call that peacocking. Peacocking. <laughs> right? I like to peacock just like the best of them. Mm-hmm. There's a time where I want to get all decked out, dressed up, and I want to feel good. Robot Heart Sunrise. Yeah. Mine, rest in peace. Sunrise. I'm sure that was different. Yeah. Like, you go out in Vegas and I wear this and people are like, what is that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's a face chain. No, really. Like, it's literally a face chain. Like, it, it's just a chain <laughs> that I wear on my face. And, and it's an adornment. And it's a way for me to attract some attention to myself. Absolutely. It's a way for me to feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a three and a half year old daughter. Mm. She's all, uh, don't look at me. Like, it's hilarious actually. Really? Because she's like my wife's daughter. Yeah. And my daughter, like, I haven't even told her about peacocking yet. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a point in time where we're going to get dressed up and go out and everybody's going to be looking at, at you. Yeah. Right? And you're going to be strutting your stuff, feeling all good. And it's this, it's, it's this principle that drives that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this is how I want to express myself. My daughter wants to wear uh, fire boots and a fire hat. Yeah. And, what you know, it's we're here in Vegas. I want to wear pants today. Great, wear pants today. Mm-hmm. You want to wear those pants today? Great. You want to wear a tutu to school? Wear a tutu. And now we see it, right? We mm-hmm. see it more often. And I'd like to think that it's more of the Burning Man influence on the world that's allowing, you want to wear a princess outfit and it's not Halloween? Go do that. Go, go for yeah, it. Get after it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you want. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah, just the. We're getting into the big ones. Yeah, I know. Because these are the more complicated ones. Mm -hmm. 
We got communal effort. So our community values creative cooperation and collaboration. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support each interaction. None of this would be possible without communal effort. That's it. Yeah. Right. It takes a village. Takes a village. And and there's nothing like going to the most remote part of of the world, which is Black Rock City. Mm -hmm. Just to give you an idea of of where you are, you're you're about forty minutes from Gerlach, which is a nothing of a town. Uh, then you've got Nixon, nothing. literally which is, nothing. There's a gas station. Yeah, you know, there's a pub, there's a pizza place, there's some cool people, there's some cool art there. We've actually had a big influence on that town, but there's Amazing. not much there. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got Nixon, not much there. Nope. And then you've got a two and a half hour drive, mainly because of the speed limit. Torino, right? Torino, one way, yeah, or one lane highway. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. Right. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. I don't recommend going out in the middle of nowhere by yourself. I, I've done it. Okay. Especially now that I'm burner and and my wife lived my- You're experienced it this way. This has, Burning Man has touched my life in so many different ways mm. that I am eternally grateful for. My wife and I live full-time in a motorhome, travel around the country. We never would have done. The first time my wife slept without a roof over her head, like an actual cement roof was our first night at Burning Man. She'd never been in camp. She never been camping. I hadn't either. She never been in tent. I had never. Right. I had never. And like, and like, here she is showing up at Burning Man, and they got her out in the dust and ringing the bell. Did you ring the yes, bell? Yes, of course. Oh yeah, amazing. Well, sometimes it's closed because the did. wind and the dust. I did and ring the bell. Amazing experience. Communal effort, and what we build around over the course of the year, building into this. Like once you decide you're running a camp or you're going to be part of a camp? Like, you only got in four days early. I can't even imagine. Here's a question. Are you already planning next year? Very close. Yes. Okay. Very I close. remember, so my first burn was 2012. The entire first burn, we had already RSVP'd to my wife's best friend's wedding in mm-hmm. Turkey mm-hmm. the following Labor Day. Mm. Okay. So we're hanging out. We're talking to people. We're meeting into new friends and old friends. And we're like, you guys are here. Oh my God, you guys are, you, this is really your home, right? What are you doing next year? And we're like, no, we're not going to be here next year. And people were like, no. What? (laughs) Like, of course you're going to be here next year. And as the week goes on, I'm growing more and more disappointed. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously it's a wedding and I want to be there, but like, I'm really like growing sadder and sadder that I'm not going to be back here because it resonates so much. And we were on Exodus. Exodus, by the way, was 16 hours my first year. Okay. So like everybody wants to make a big deal out of like this year's Exodus is like. 16's a lot. We've had rains like this on the mm-hmm. playa before. This isn't like, it's it's not something that hasn't happened before. 16 hours. We're laying online, pumping 16 lanes down to one, and it's just not going anywhere. And my wife turns to me and she goes, you know we can't go to the wedding next year. And I went, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Because <laughs> I was like deciding between my wife and yeah, Birdie like, Man. Which and that's, one? That's not, make me choose. that's not good. Yeah. And we didn't go. And in fact, we sent text messages out to our family. And we're like, hey, look, don't plan anything over Labor Day mm-hmm. or around it because we won't be there. Ever. And this is. And just that's just it. Well, and somebody else was telling me like Burning Man is like, it's like their New Year's. It's my New Year's. It is. Yeah. I, we had ceremony on Sunday night even though the temple didn't burn until Monday night. Mm-hmm. But we had friends over. I had a serious drop in on my technology group, Sound Healing, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. in another episode. Yes. And I mean, I, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. I didn't quite have the purge that I usually have at Temple Burn. Did you say for Temple Burn? Temple Burn didn't burn. I didn't see- they didn't burn? The man burn or oh, the Temple they Burn. They did, Monday night. And I, 
my RV left. Mm. So we were talking Monday, about unexpectedly. this like, like, is Burning Man Burning Man if, if they don't burn the man? I don't know. And they the burned answer, it. Well, I the answer is there. it's not because yeah. they burned it, right? But even on Playa, I was, so I listen to BMRI mm-hmm. radio, mm-hmm. which is the radio station that's at Burning Man. There's a post office. There's a full medical hospital, BMV, like the whole night. Like there's yeah. everything out there. It is a city. And and I listen to BMRR. They, they you know, it's through the internet, iHeartRadio mm-hmm. sends it out. So I'm listening to the updates of like the rain and the wet and we're watching the webcam and like we're doing all these things to like stay <laughs> oh. connected to the burn. It's actually really cool. It's fun. I, um, I don't recommend missing the burn, but like if you have to, it's, it's much easier to miss it now than it ever was. Sure. Because our friends used to disappear and they didn't come back until they came back. Yep. We didn't hear from anybody. There were no text messages, Starlink, all that stuff. It was just like, the communal effort. Communal effort. So powerful. Yeah. We got, got, we need each other. That's, and it can't be done without. It takes a village. A village. It takes a village. It takes a village. It's just that simple. I've never seen people work harder than for something that they don't get paid to do. <laughs> that you're paying to do. Yes. Let's, that you're paying let's, a let's lot of money. It's not even like I'm getting paid to do yeah. this. Like I'm paying, it's, it costs a lot of money to get out there. Mm-hmm. It, can cost a lot of money. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It doesn't it have can. to. There's, there's a very, there's a spectrum. You well, can do it. Yeah. Okay. Civic responsibility. So there's a couple more. We're gonna get through. Yeah, these. we gotta knock this out. This is great. I love, the, love the flow. We value civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. They must also assume responsibility for conducting events in accordance with local, state, and federal laws. People think it's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Like we live here in Vegas. It's very much the Wild yeah. West. Like you can get away with stuff yeah. here that you just can't get away with anywhere else. It's kind of why we do it. And to an extent, you can get away with things at Burning Man that you can't otherwise get away with For sure. in other places, right? Um, you could certainly check off that naked button. Yep, real, a lot goes. Real, yeah. real easy, right? <laughs> um, but most people don't realize that there are local, state, and federal law enforcement there. Mm-hmm. Um, they are undercover. They are... In, in your face, in vehicles. They were our neighbors. They were our, our camp neighbors. <laughs> They're burners. Yep. Um, the, the law enforcement that you see out there is the same law enforcement you see every year. Mm. Like they're assigned to that and they're grateful to be there and they have the burning man mentality. They're not out to get you. Mm-hmm. They really aren't. Um, you hear an awful lot about people getting pulled over and then dogs coming out and getting searched and that absolutely happens. Right or wrong, that's for the court of law to decide. Mm. And I know many people that have that have had troubles and have ended up in Washoe County Court and and been arrested during Burning Man. And, and that is absolutely a thing. And it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to make sure your car is, is set up correctly, that you don't have any light bulbs out, that you're driving five miles an hour, which is super fucking slow. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of all that. Yep. Um, local, state, regional. And, and that goes for art car. Like, for sure. Don't get, all right. My first year at the burn, uh, I will never forget my buddy Scott. Um, I, I you don't have phones out there. Like mm. it's not like you're calling somebody. Like hey, I'll meet you. You probably can at this point, but like nobody does it, right? Like everybody's out there with their phone in airplane mode. Yeah, and you don't really have great connectivity. And the tiny tower that's in Gerlach isn't enough to handle seventy thousand people. Anyway, might get a phone call out during Burn Week, but <laughs> unless you have Starlink, you're not. You're just not. The first year that we were there in 2012, we came walking out of our camp, which we camped at 8:15 and a. Um, our camp was technically on Esplanade, but we were at the back of the camp. And I walk out onto the playa just to like see it, you know, like during the day. 
And my buddy Scott drives by in um, I don't even know what four big tires and like a arm boom with a with a scissor lift thing and like a handler I think they call it. Mm-hmm. This is Scott, and I'm like, what are, what are you what are you doing here? First of all, <clears throat> second of all, like what are you driving? And his camp by a school had they rented one of these for the week because they had to set up big things. We go out to to sunrise the next morning. And he created a birdcage on a, on, a, on a chain. And he used the handler to drop it to the ground. Somebody would get in it. And then he would pick it up, up over the crowd. And like, you'd be like eye level to the DJ at Robot Heart. Like oh over the crowd. Oh my God. Yeah. There were no seatbelts. Yeah. There was no safety. There was yeah. no like. So there are things that you can get away with. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Granted, look, the police were there, right? Like yeah. everybody's doing everything in a safe manner. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously, but like there's stuff that goes on there that like. Or even just the building, the structure of the art itself. Because you can climb on this kind of stuff. Uh, I've climbed 40 or 50 feet in the air. I have too. Right? Yep. It's it amazing. Pretty it's amazing. You hold on tight. <laughs> you you hold on tight. There was this light up LED massive cube and it's it was made out of like plastic like durable plastic um crates and it was like this massive a lot of recycled and upcycled oh my gosh and I literally was just like holding on for your life (laughs) and just got up to the top and just look we could talk about the dark side of the burn real quick Mm. There's a lot of rape that happens out there, unfortunately. Mm. Um, there's um, there's guns. There's fireworks. Like when they do that, was, that search. Yeah, when you when you drive in, because I drove a car in, there is a search. And a they're search. looking for fireworks. Guns. Guns. Yeah. Pets. Yeah. Look, people will, I want to bring my dog. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll find a couple dogs out there. There were. Right? And some of them are service animals and are there the right way and others aren't. But like, there's absolutely... I started by saying there's 70,000 people in a city and some people, most people have great intentions and there are people out there that don't, and there are people that get under the influence and then their intentions turn. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that happens out there. I am grateful that local, regional Same. and and federal law enforcement is out there and you respect them. Mm-hmm. And there's the rangers, yes. which are burners that interface with uh, law enforcement that's out there. Um, there's there's just a lot that happens mm-hmm. out there. It's the busiest airport for the seven days that it's open like in the country. I mean, there's there's a lot that Burning Man does that you don't, you just don't recognize, and it requires rules, and it requires law, and it requires mm-hmm. some level of of commonality with yeah. with your. I mean, you go, principles. you respect the you respect the playa, you respect the rules. It's of of all of these seventy thousand, hundred thousand person festivals, we literally leave no trace. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the next one. I, that's the next one. To leave no trace. That is is remarkable. It is. That everything gets taken out. Now, I will tell you, there's problems on the roadways. There's things that come off some intentionally. Some by mistake, right? There's a moop map of DPW literally going through the entire town and identifying who left what. I mean, metal in the ground, oil spills, like you got to dig down three, you know, three Mm -hmm. to six inches, sometimes a foot. Well, because that's what we found with all of the rain. Now you're trudging up stuff that's underneath that's not on the, surface of the playa. And it's not yours. And people would, so many people were walking um, barefoot. They, so it was very common that people just like took off their shoes and were just walking. Easier to walk in the mud with no feet. 
And no, sorry. <laughs> need fees. Need fees. Peter <laughs> sorry. But, okay. uh, and that says another thing about it, disabilities and inclusiveness. Because, yeah. but people did step on things because that had been like left underneath. Um, that, There's a ton of rebar yeah, underneath there from sure. camps. And they move where the playa is each year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we leave that space really, really clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really, really clean. And moop is a the thing. There's no garbage. It's all moop. Matter out of place. Matter out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever you bring, you take with you. You don't leave any <laughs> any bit of it. And I, I have friends that run camps that I got to see. And they, they um, were telling me about the breakdown and how how satisfying it is to rake your every square literally take a rake and everybody lines up in a line and literally in my camp um we would do this every night several times oh yeah it was like everybody get in single file line and just go and walk and pick up people not even from your camp that are like yeah cool i'm down to help i'm not gonna sit around and watch everybody do it let's go move the place yeah um and it just goes to show how much you can get done with the communal effort with a intention. Many hands make light work. It's very true. Well, uh, look, how does this, how does this show itself? Out, on playa and off playa. Pick up your dog shit. Picking up, <laughs> that's a, you kind of hit home on something. We don't have dogs in my house. I got a couple friends who bring their dogs by and when I see Pick up your dog shit, I'm like, yo, you know better. You're burners. Leave no trace. Right? Leave no trace. But like, even like getting up and pushing your chair back in. Making sure you didn't leave anything yes. behind. Yes. Like understanding what your wake actually looks like mm-hmm. and what you're leaving in it. Mm-hmm. Picking up after yourself and picking up after others, supporting a clean environment. Mm-hmm. Like this is big. It is. It re- and it it ripples into so many aspects Absolutely. of your life. And I've already seen, um, this is something I haven't shared, but when I came back, Nikki had redone our house. Nice. She spent. She was busy. The ten day. I was like, she's gonna have a vacation. She did not. She uh, went to uh, work. My whole. She built me a bed and a bed frame, like a, a beautiful space. She can do it all. Um, this really beautiful space to come back to to decompress in and to like have because she knew I was gonna have a transformative experience and environment is everything. You guys didn't touch it all over your week. No, I sent out. A, had somebody send out a text to to her at some point, but, nice. um, but since then. Even just the nature of like when we have meals and we 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 respect the environment. We respect we respect the cleanliness of the space. And first of all, most people are carrying their own dishes with them, right? Like yes, I still you bring in my bag, your fork. I your- have a spork, and I still carry one to this day. Like all of this translates out into the world, so I don't have to use plastic when I go out to the take store. Cup, I have my spork. <laughs> I take my cup. I have my metal cup filled with water. Yeah. All of these principles start to carry out and ripple into the rest of the world because people see me like you have a spork, dude, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course I carry a spork. I even have a metal, I even have a metal straw, <laughs> yeah. like a collapsible straw. So when you go to the burn and somebody's offering French toast, it's not like it's French toast on a plate. No, it's like, where's your plate? People are like, here's my plate. Here's like, my perfect, plate. Yeah. and that's fine. But we're not handing out paper plates. Mm-mm. We're not handing out forks and knives. You're expected to have your own. Everybody's walking around with their own tin cup that yep. you that you carabiner to your to your bag and to your backpack. Yep. It's just such a unique world when you start to think about leaving no trace and yeah. what that really means and the how sustainability often, of it, all of it. And how often we leave this wake of trash mm-hmm. and one time use single use mm-hmm. things. Well, and it's a reflection of the mentality of the people, which is It's convenient. It's, I get it. And it's self-centered and it's 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 
what can I take? How can I quickly, I get to the next thing. And, and you just, I think we miss out on so much magic and substance of life that it's like, I get to be a active participant. To tell you something funny, I keep a Pyrex in my car. <laughs> okay. Okay. For takeout. Yeah. So like, oh, I want to take that home. I'm going to go get my Pyrex. Oh, and I go to my truck and I get my own Pyrex. And put your leftovers. And I put my leftovers. Wow. Right now. I don't always have it there. Sometimes it's being washed and being used. And I'm like, man, I wish I had my Pyrex. Yeah. Right? But like, but that's how this ripples out mm-hmm. into the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I don't carry Pyrex with me around at the burn, but like I certainly do have that spork in that cup. Yep. And I've had many meals in my cup. It's cool. Just put that, just put that French toast right in that yep. cup, buddy. We're good. Well, I, I learned a lot. I was like, one mistake I made, like not bringing a bigger plate. No, I brought a bowl. So I was like, I can't, I would go to dinner. A bowl goes a long way. It did, it did. Yeah. It's a collapsible bowl, but I, I didn't, I didn't go unfed. That's I'll all right. That. Next year is going to be even better. <laughs> okay. We got two more. So participation. Our community is committed mm. to a radically participatory, participatory ethic. We believe that transformative change, whether in the individual or in the society, can occur only through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve being through doing. Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. I love that mm. so much. All right. If, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to be compared to Coachella all the time. <laughs> I go to Coachella every year. I'd be great at Burning Man. And I'm like, dude, you don't you start. Don't know. All right. So here's how I explain it. When I was growing up, Lollapalooza was like the big show, mm-hmm. right? Like the concerts, all that. All right. When you go to Stagecoach, Coachella, Lollapalooza, Ultra, when you go to any of these other festivals… Uh, transformational festivals, I think, are different. Lightning in a Bottle, yep. Desert Hearts. They're in a little bit of a different class. But like, when you go to a concert, you're going expecting to be entertained. Mm-hmm. When you go to the burn, I'm expecting you to entertain. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not an expectation like everybody around me is going to entertain. But like, this principle says that you're going to participate and you that you're a it. part you're of part it. You're part of it. You're not going there to witness it. You are it. <laughs> I had, I don't know how, I don't know how appropriate this is, but. Yes, it's appropriate. I have it at my house. We were wandering around Deep Playa, somewhere <laughs> off the man. And um, we saw a guy with a blowtorch mm-hmm. um, and like Mad Max, like goggles mm-hmm. and this like really cool hair and a white um, like doctor's coat. And he was sitting on a really low ch- like camping chair against the ground. And he had this blowtorch on something and <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, um, I'm, Producing and gifting the world's smallest glass penises. I have it in my house. Freaking hilarious. Stop. For, I have, I can pull up the video. For 40 minutes, we sat and watched him create, out of nothing, hand-blown glass, the world's largest hand-blown penis. Wow. It's amazing. That dude's the participant. Fully right? participating. Like, that dude is yeah. in it. His gift was the comedy. And it was, there was comedy throughout the entire, sure. he was, he was just ripping these one-liners and messing with people. And, mm-hmm. and he had all these zings for people that would sweep in and not know what's going on or not have the patience to like sit. Wait. My entire crew, we like put down blankets. We like put down our coats. We were like, dude, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, oh, how did you do that? And he would tell us how he was, what he was doing and heating the glass and, Hmm. That's incredible. That dude was participating. Yeah. We were participating. 
Well, it makes you, again, start to reflect on your own inner resources. Like, what do I have to give of myself? And whether it's like, I went walked into a camp that was a dueling piano bar. I mean. Amazing. In the middle of the playa. So I didn't, it didn't happen this year. And I was regretting not telling you. Um, And I was hoping that you would secretly find out about it. Oh, gosh. So my friend Murray, um, did you see it on our car? It's called the Battle Act. Uh, it's my buddy JC's car. Oh, uh, um, maybe. It's a Cadillac that okay. he's converted into a, a Texas version of a of a called the Battleac. Okay. Got, anyway, we strap a um, Murray is an incredibly talented pianist, and we strap an electric piano to the front. We project it into um, the silent disco headphones, mm-hmm. and you ride on your bike following the art car of Murray playing the piano. Oh wow! It's the most emotional experience you'll have on Playa. And I was kicking myself in the eye. It didn't wind up happening. It was scheduled for Friday at 6 p.m. And obviously it was rained out. But the last two or three years we've done this. And it is by far Hmm. because you're in silence, in your own head, riding your bike, not hearing the playa and the dust and the screaming and the music and the things. And you're just listening to this piano while you're looking at Mm -hmm. the playa pass you by. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Emotional. Everybody's in tears and crying and, and you just have this beautiful emotional release sure. of burn. It's really something spectacular. So dueling pianos must be awesome. It was. It was very, it was very cool. It's just everywhere you look, you're like, I can't believe it. I think one of my favorite, the number one phrase I said more than anything is, I can't believe this is happening. Totally. So I explained to you, I here's how, I basically say there's only really three or four reasons you want to be back at camp. Mm. To sleep, eat food, have sex, mm-hmm. and, um, and otherwise just to rest in general. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, 24 hours a day for eight days in a row, the coolest things you've ever seen are happening mm-hmm. outside of your camp. Some might be happening in your camp and that's cool. Yeah. But, and there's reason to stay and drop sure. in and hang out and all that stuff. But like when you go out into the playa, like you see the most amazing that thing, whatever it the is. world's smallest penis hand blown in glass. I, I know. It's insane. We were like, talking about it for hours. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see what he was doing? And, and we're like holding it. Like, it's on <laughs> display at my house. It's, yeah. The, people the are like, amusement. wow, it's a really small glass penis. I'm like, yeah, I know. That was hand blown. You know, whatever year it was. It needs a little plaque next to it. Yeah. yeah. The artist. That's incredible. I mean, there's no lack of amusement on, on the playa. That's well, it takes sure. you, I think, into the last principle of immediacy. Immediacy. Yeah. I have a three and a half year old. There's nothing like a small child. Like she doesn't know later mm-hmm. or soon. Like it's just now. now. It's just now. It's just now. And the playa has a certain, yeah, you can have a plan. It's good to have a plan to deviate from that, from that plan. But like in general, it's all happening now. Mm-hmm. My buddy's got to watch that he wears a Burning Man. It just says now, 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 now. Oh, well, I, I will read something in a minute that I wrote um, since I've been home about what Burning Man has mm-hmm. meant to me or what it, what it is. And um, maybe I'll just do that now. Let's do it. Maybe it'll make sense. So, Burning Man. A fantasy land where adults remember how to dream again and forget what happened to make them ever stop in the first place an initiation into the ecstasy of fully owning, loving, and being unashamedly yourself. A place to let go of the emotional weight of being human and slip into the eternal now. Mm. 
where you can come face to face with your eternal soul and see with new eyes the divinity in all things, where you'll question everything about your life and why you've come to this God-forsaken place, Mm -hmm. where you realize that God has not forsaken you at all, but is inside of you and in the eyes and hearts and spirits of every person you meet. Where, you'll, where your level of commitment and self-reliance will be tested over and over again. Where you'll learn that you're so much more capable than you've ever given yourself credit for. Mm. A place to dance, scream, cry, grieve, fall in love, come to die, come to breathe, and to receive the lessons the playa has for me. Mm. Where time is only measured by how many sunrises you see. Mm-hmm. It's a choose-your-own-adventure ride, a portal into a new earth, a legendary playground of the gods. The extremist seven days of my life, home. Mm. Unreal. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, time is now. It's- so I've had something like 100 days on the planet. Yeah, wow. Okay, like 14 days. You know, some years I'm out there for three weeks. Some years I'm out there for a week. Some years, but like always a minimum eight days. Actually, the last burn, we were only out there. We, we left Saturday morning before Manver. Mm. It's the most magical place on, on earth. I love that we went through these 10 mm-hmm. principles and that that was the conversation sprinkled in with little yeah. stories here and there. And I think we should do this again. I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I we should totally do this do again. Because I got way more than I want to share. I know. And way more than I want to talk about and ask you about. And there's all night. Yeah, there's so many. We things. ran. That was like an hour and 25 minutes. We definitely did. Um, we'll do a part two. Cool. Um, to share. Because I haven't even gotten into I some know. of this. so much more that we want to talk about. Yeah. The things I got to see. The people I got to meet. The Oh my God. I'm going to have a better show and tell. Next time. I'm going to bring my show and tell right, too. Let's do it. Okay. Amazing. Well, as we, as we conclude at least this part of the conversation, I'm, um, yeah, sitting in the default world. It's nice to know. We're back. Um, that these are all things that we can tap into here. Uh, we don't leave behind. We get to bring it with us. And it is you know, the, the feeling I have now, the lessons I've learned, the the expansiveness I have been able to tap into as a byproduct of this experience um, is a byproduct of a choice, you know? And I think that's what makes being human really amazing is that we have the ability to choose our own adventure. That text that you wrote me of like, I'm really bummed I'm not going. I'm like, what do you you can go mm-hmm. like that's a choice mm-hmm. it's a choice it's a choice and and it just has reminded me of like to really really reconsider like what are you saying yes to mm-hmm. what are you saying no to because mm-hmm. every time you say yes to something you're saying no to a million other things Boundary. yeah and get really clear and really specific on what you want to, that yes to be because when you say yes you energetically get off the fence and you move in a direction and that choice is what um, that confidence in that choice, that 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 decisiveness starts to tip the dominoes yeah. in your favor. Well, when you know what you're capable of too, what boundaries can you set for mm-hmm. yourself and how far out can you move those boundaries right. of when you know what you're capable right. of handling, mm-hmm. dealing with, doing, interacting, asking for, the list goes on. I have never felt more uh, strong in my 
sense of self and my expression of self, but that I can be put in any environment and I and can, can be okay. Yeah. yeah. And that is a powerful place to be and to live from is that there's like feels like doesn't mean I'm unshakable. I could be shaken, but I'm not defeated. You know? Great book name. And when it came out, I immediately thought about Burning Man wow. because of it. Yeah. Like, I got this. I got this. Wow. Really powerful. So. I love you. I love you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your guidance. Um, yeah, we have to do a part two. Let's I, go. Um, I got to go to the bathroom. I know. I remember you told me, you're like, the playa wants to t- kill you. We can talk about that too. My first experience on the playa, we need to talk about that. So, Shout to be to continued. Enjoy. To be continued, my Indeed. friend. I love you. I love you. You guys, I hope this has inspired you to say yes to something you have been thinking about, dreaming about, considering. Just say yes and see how the magic of the playa can provide for you in your life. I encourage you to test your own boundaries, to see what parts of your life you step into judgment and out of love um, for yourself um, and how you can experience greater acceptance and curiosity and playfulness because all of those things are available to us right now. Mm. Uh, I love you. Thank you for being here. We will come back with a new episode next week on the Coachable Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.